Abba Yahweh, your blessing, the sharing of your word, your gospel, your truth, your knowledge and wisdom, Father God, for the encouragement of my brothers and sisters. Yahweh Aman, Yeshua Aman, Paracletos Aman. So brothers and sisters, I'm sharing some things that I found in the Gospel of Mark that are just um, really pretty fascinating. And, and some of the scripture is a little lengthy, so I will just share the numeration and then you can go back and check on your own. But um, much of these things, the teaching that Jesus Christ brought and for our sakes that he came here. And um, it's very important, these words and the things that, that Jesus was telling us about and, and talking about, teaching about, and giving us and reminding us, too, of how we ought to be acting and sharing with people here. But um, in chapter 13 of Mark, um, Jesus Christ is talking about the destruction of the temple and the persecution of the, of the followers, the believers, the true believers, for his namesake and telling that it will be done. And of course, we have to understand at that time when he was talking about it, they, um, even his disciples, to a point they had a question because they thought that Jesus was talking about the actual buildings that were there at the time. And he had to clarify for his disciples, but he held back from the Sanhedrin because they were mocking, belittling, and degrading. And of course, you know what his response was to them. And they didn't even understand when he asked them that because they did not have the spiritual ears nor the eyes to search the word and see what was to be seen and obtain the answers that they, they didn't seek those answers. Their arrogance vaunted them to be above and higher than Jesus Christ, the only begotten son of God, the writer of the scriptures that they claimed to be so knowledgeable of, and yet they couldn't see the truth. You know, it's kind of like um, there's a saying, you can't see the forest for the trees. And to understand that, you have to get the fact that you have your, your face so buried up against the bark of the tree, you can't see the rest of the forest. So... These supposed scholars and teachers of the word, as they titled themselves, they had their face so buried in the written law that they couldn't see Jesus Christ for what he is, the only begotten Son of God coming to preach truth and release and freedom. But instead, they had their face so buried in these written scriptures that they chose to go about seeking any way that they could to trap him, trip him up, and to kill him, which they ultimately had the crucifixion was done. But 
it was so, uh, I find kind of fascinating is that even the, uh, their little sects that they had within the uh, Sanhedrin, because they had those that were on one teacher's side and had another who was on another teacher's side and, and, uh, you know, they went back and forth and then you had the judges and, uh, <laughs> they were at odds with each other, but yet when it came to Jesus Christ, he was a, uh, he was, as far as they were concerned, a single enemy, so they all joined forces to get Jesus. But what they don't know, they completely missed the fact that Jesus came for their sake. And they completely missed that boat. Um, in Mark 13, Jesus talks about and is trying to teach these things. And they missed the point there. Um, this is when Jesus Christ also takes uh, some of his disciples with him. And, and uh, he's trying to, to teach them and, and take them. And, and he's telling them that, that there will be many and that we need to be careful because there will be many that come to deceive and coming in his name and for his name's sake. And, and they will deceive many. And it's happening now, brothers and sisters, and, and, and I see it happening and it breaks my heart. And uh, Jesus is telling them that there will be wars and rumors of wars and not to be troubled because it's just foretold that it's going to happen and because man's heart is so wicked and chooses to be that way that it's going to happen. It's an inevitable thing, sadly, because remember this, that God created us all as brothers and sisters. That's important. I don't know many of you, some that I know that listen to the casting I know, I know personally, many of you, I have no idea who you are, but you are my brothers and sisters in Christ. And even if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're listening, the seed is planted, and the Holy Spirit may be tugging at your heart to get you to confess and repent and accept Jesus Christ and then began walking with God. And that's an awesome thing. And I pray that to be so. I pray that to be the truth. But not for my sake, for his glory, for his sake. It is for the glory of God, our Father Creator, and Jesus Christ who came to sacrifice for us, for that sake. And Jesus talks to his disciples and he talks also about how they will be delivered as well as they come as they're coming to deliver him. It says, "Take and we go to thirteen verse nine. But take heed to yourselves, for they shall deliver you up to councils and in the synagogues. Ye shall be beaten, and ye shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them. And the gospel must first be published among all nations." And when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what you shall speak. Neither do ye 
premeditate, but whatsoever shall be given you in that hour, that speak ye, for it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. This is a promise that was made when Jesus was taken up and he was getting ready to leave and go back to heaven. And he told them, he says, I have to go prepare the place. I have to go prepare your home. You can't go with me. He said, but I go to prepare a place for you and I'll come back. I'll be back. I'm going to fix it up and I'll be back. I'm going to get the way ready. If it were not so, I would have told you so. He's been telling them the truth all along. And why would he now all of a sudden just at the very last say something that wasn't true? And that's what he tried to get them to understand. They still were kind of skeptical. And the sad part of it is, too, is that at the last that some that came to follow him remained as his disciples, remained true to the word. But there were many that fell away because he was not physically here. So, brothers and sisters, those that claim to be Christians and claim to be, I make that statement twice, because there are those that say that they are, but they are the farthest thing from a Christian that you can possibly imagine. To watch them and watch how they interact with others and how they interact with their own neighbors and sometimes even the way they interact with other members of the church body, despicable. Absolutely contrary to the scriptures and to the word of God. So as the Bible also tells us that there will be those that claim that they do this in his name and he will spew them out. So judgment is God's and judgment is there. Not mine to make, but I'm telling you that they're there. Brothers and sisters, you just look around, you can see it. I'm saddened by that. I'm not offended because I'm not looking for to be offended. Remember, I shared that with you too. Those that seek offense will find offense. They're going to find something to be offended about. I'm letting a lot go that used to bug the heck out of me, but I'm letting more and more and more go. And the more I let go, the, the better I feel. And the better I feel, the more I want to let go. So, brothers and sisters, we don't seek to be offended. Seek his face. Seek those things of righteousness. I shared that with you in the book of Philippians. And we also have to remember that Jesus told in 1335 through 37, Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh at even or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all watch. What Jesus is trying to get us to understand, brothers and sisters, is that we have to be mindful of the fact that he has promised to come back. He is coming back. We have no idea when he's coming back. There's several scriptures I've shared with you already. And he's told the disciples that no one 
not even the angels in heaven, nor he himself know the hour, save only the Father. Father God creator has that timeline set and he will make the decision and he'll say, son, it's time to go. Saddle the horses and take the host. It's time to go back. And then is when Jesus Christ and the hosts will come and he will return in the clouds as he did when he left. And as he was had the disciples with him and was telling them here uh, in chapter 14 of Mark 38 and 39, watching and pray lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. And again, he went away and prayed and spake the same words. And this is when he was, was praying to God. And let's remember something too here that a lot of people, even Christians, fail to realize or those that claim to be Christian. I'm going to use that terminology often because there are many that claim to be that haven't got a clue, brothers and sisters, not a clue. They are what I call the SpongeBob Christians or cultural Christians. They go in and because it's convenient, they're the religious fanatics. And you may or may not recall this, but Jesus Christ despised religions. And a lot of people say, oh, you're religious, you're, you're a Christian. No, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. Um, and the reason he despised religion is because many of them uh, sanctimonious and they were, um, they had these little ceremonial things that they did and they conveniently allowed God out of his little pretty card box when it was convenient for them to do so on holidays like Christmas and Easter and so forth and so on. But the people, they didn't praise, worship, or follow God unless it was convenient to do so. So Jesus was praying. And we have to remember that that Jesus Christ was not floating around on a cloud. And this doesn't happen when we become Christians and when we accept the Lord as our creator and Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and came for our sake. Um, we don't just float around and drift around the world and everything is perfect because here's the thing. Um, I, I can't even remember who did this old song. It's an old song, I Never Promise You a Rose Garden. Um, and this is how many Christians believe and the naysayers and, and the doom and gloomers that I've shared with you about. They, they look through these, these tinted glasses and everything's got to be so rosy and so pretty. Except that nowhere in the Bible, not from the front cover in the first chapter, first verse of Genesis all the way to the last page, last chapter and last verse of the book of Revelation. Nowhere in that book our instruction manual, does it say that everything is going to be rosy, peachy, kino, and perfect, and that we just float across the earth and uh, six inches off the ground and everything's perfect? It does not say that. Instead, what it does say, and God encourages us, encourages us to be not fearful, 
not be discouraged, not be dismayed. And we are encouraged to put on the full armor of God. We are reminded that we are in a spiritual battle and not on a temporal plane of existence. And that things go on that we cannot see that would frighten us, that would make Hollywood sci-fi movies as child's play. Things that would just frighten us so much we'd probably have a heart attack and our minds would explode. Watch ye and pray lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. And Jesus Christ, as a man, asked God that if there be any way to take this cup away from me, take this away, and then at the same time, almost in the same breath, he turned and said, but Father, your will be done and not mine. And this was from the original. I mean, this was, Jesus came because he knew that God loved the world so much that he didn't want to destroy it as he had in the flood of Noah. And remember that Jesus reminds us that that's going to happen. Brothers and sisters, there will be many that are going to come and try to deceive us and take us away and steal us away from our love. Going to try to get us to walk away from God, our Father, Jesus Christ, our Savior. But brothers and sisters, God has promised to be with us through thick and thin, wherever we go, that we're not to be afraid. We're not to be afraid. He, he gives us throughout the scriptures, he gives us encouraging word. Yeah, I talk some dark stuff because I look around and I see the darkness that's out here in reality. I don't walk around with tinted glasses on saying, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm saved, so I'll just pray for these lost souls over here. I'm not going to be like the scribes and Pharisees and like Jesus taught about that one uh, in there where he was standing in front and making a loud oration and wobbling back and forth in his long robe so everybody would see him and saying, oh, thank you, God in heaven, that I'm not like these. What is that about? <laughs> that is doing nothing except getting people to pay attention to yourself Vanity and arrogance. No, brothers and sisters, all are, my brothers and sisters, all deserve to be prayed over. Even these, even these politicians that are, are so despicable and terrible that they're, they're willing to destroy this country in order to be a part of this agenda that they've been manipulated into believing but they still deserve prayer. Paul wrote to Timothy and told him, he pray for them, pray for them. They could repent, it could happen. God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not their will, but his be done. There's a purpose for everything. And when we start trying to wrap our heads around what God's intent and purpose is, that's not for us to do. And we will have a mushroom cloud explosion in the brain. It's not for us to try to figure out what God's about. It's not our place. But brothers and sisters, be faithful, be true. Psalm 4, 
4 and 5, stand in awe. Sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. Offer the sacrifice of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. Lay down. Have peace. Rest. Because Lord God Almighty is our Savior, our rescue, our strong tower, our refuge. It doesn't matter what's going on around. Faith in God. Trust in God. Believe that Jesus Christ is his only begotten Son and he is our strong tower and our refuge. Psalm 4, 8, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. For thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Father God looks over us constantly. Remember that he does not sleep nor slumber. He doesn't close his eyes and go to sleep. And he doesn't nap. He doesn't catnap and doze off and then, oh, where'd Raven go? Where'd James go? Where'd, where'd Bob go? Oh, that doesn't happen. He knows where we are all the time. He sees what we're going through. And remember this too, brothers and sisters, that sometimes these, what we think are too tough for us situations are to strengthen our faith, to encourage and uplift us, okay? They're not meant to destroy anything. What we let happen in our mindset is the traveling path that we, we have, we're on. Brothers and sisters, we have to be of a good, strong mindset. We have to know this. Look, if you stop in the middle of a storm, I've shared this with you all before, if you stop in the middle of the storm and whine and cry about the rainfall, the wind, the lightning and thunder, and you stop in the middle of it and and just kneel down and give up and become discouraged, you're going to be soaking wet. Hopefully there won't be a ground strike in the area that you are. But you're just, you're going to be soaking wet and you're going to stay in the wind. But if you hold on to the righteous right hand and strength of God, our Father, who continues walking forward, and that's all he asks you to do, have faith in him and continue walking forward. And the next thing you know, you start feeling dry, you feel warmer, and you turn and you look over your shoulder and Oh, my goodness, look, that storm is way back there. That's so far back there, I can barely even see the lightning strikes. And then God just smiles. Brothers and sisters, just keep walking forward in faith and trust. Don't give up on that. Psalm 8, 3 through 5, when I consider... Thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him with glory and honor. God is the creator of all things. All things, brothers and sisters, and he has us constantly in his 
eyes, his vision. He is omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient. Remember, he knows everything, he sees everything, and he is our strength. Psalm 11.1, In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountains? God knows that we become afraid, brothers and sisters. But don't be fearful. Don't be fearful, brothers and sisters. Remember, fearfulness allows fear, who is a liar, and also that's a pseudonym of Satan, to drive your reactions, your actions, and the directions that you go. Fear is a liar. False evidence appearing real. And he, Satan loves to drive that. He loves to adjust our mindset. Psalm 13, 5 and 6. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he had dealt bountifully with me. Thankfulness for the Father God in all things. All things. All things. It is our Father God that provides for us and all things come from Him anyway. We have to be mindful of that. And we have to remember, brothers and sisters, that we have to stay true to the Word. Don't be double-hearted, double-minded, and talk through both sides of your mouth at the same time. Don't practice the way of the politician. <laughs> That's what they do. They'll tell one group over here one thing, and then over here saying something completely opposite and different. That's the politics of the dance. Don't fall into that, brothers and sisters. If you say something straightforward, have integrity in that word. Remember I've shared that word before. Have integrity in the word. And in these things, talking about the evil times in Psalm 12. Help, Lord, for the godly man seeketh, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. They speak vanity, every one with his neighbor, with flattering lips. And with a double heart do they speak. And that's kind of a, a hard place to end, which I'm going to stop there. Eh, maybe I will. Not. It's a hard place because, brothers and sisters, in this day and age, we see that continuing on. It's dark. And this is, this is what the devil desires to happen. And the reason he desires that is because then people will look and say, wow, did you just see what that, how that Christian did that? They said that, and then they did that. My goodness gracious. Wow, those Christians, those Christians, not that Christian, those Christians. Then they want to lump everyone that goes to church, carries a Bible, into that lump sum of those Christians all then become 
the, the model of that Christian. And it happened, sadly, brothers and sisters, I dealt with that when I was driving commercially. Tried very earnestly to be safe and mindful, courteous, and, and I dressed appropriately, but fell into the lump sum when, you know, I'd, I'd show up someplace and they'd ask me, you know, what I was doing. I said, oh, I'm a commercial driver. And they said, oh, you're one of those guys. And I kind of looked and I said, no, I'm a commercial operator. And I'd kind of point myself the way I was, my appearance. I dressed appropriately. Closer to a uniform than anything else, but it was always clean, always tidy. I always was doing my laundry. And there are some that were absolutely filthy, nasty, and they they stank. They didn't stink, they stank. So do we want to be... Do we want to have that stank that is pushed on us by those that are not adhering to the word and the gospel? Or do we want to show ourselves approved and to be that peculiar people? See, this is, this is the thing that, that that statement means, brothers and sisters. It means, and it is specific, we are a peculiar people, and not because... Like me, I'm a little oddball, which I am. I don't mind being odd. But um, all kidding aside, we are called a peculiar people because we don't fit into the category that everyone else tries to put us into. If we actually follow the word of God, believe in Jesus Christ, the only begotten son of God, have faith in God and believe the word of the Bible as the true instruction manual for our life, we are a peculiar people because we don't fall into any category out there and we don't do like everyone else does. And some may call it marching to the beat of a different drum. Yeah, I beat to, I march to that drum beat and not to the drum beat of Mammon. And I'm going to share two. Psalm 37.30 The mouth of the righteous speaketh with them wisdom and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. The wicked watcheth and the righteous and seeketh to slay them. The Lord will not leave him in his hand nor condemn him when he is judged. In a nutshell, brothers and sisters, that's exactly what I just shared with you. I choose to stand with God and be judged of mammon or man than to stand with man and be judged of my God. And that, brothers and sisters, 30, 31, and 32, 30 through 33, that's exactly what that's talking about. And I, brothers and sisters, pray for each and every one of you to be strong, to be encouraged, to be bold, to stand upright, stand on the promises of God, my Lord, and Jesus Christ, my Savior. And there's an old hymn like that. Standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing 
standing on the promises of God. And brothers and sisters, not only that we stand on those promises, but we hold on to them and we hold them in our hands. And I've shared this with you before. God does not mind that we remind him of those. He really doesn't. Some of you might say, well, how does he know? (laughs) Could have done it, brothers and sisters. And he doesn't mind. He does not mind. We stay in the word. Be mindful of the promises that God has made to us. He loves us, brothers and sisters. He is our good, good father. Stand on the word. Hold on to his promises. And keep in mind that the closer your walk to God, the closer we get to that time, the more the enemy is going to come against us, the harder he's going to push in order to knock us off our walk. His desire is to see that we do not obtain what God has offered to us freely, wholly, and completely just to have faith and believe in Jesus. Remember Lucifer, Satan, fear, Beelzebub, whatever you want to call him, used to live there before he was cast out like lightning striking the earth. And he knows what is there. He doesn't want us to have that. Jealousy, vanity, rage, whatever, drove, envy, pride, all of those things drove decision. And they drive our decisions now. Be mindful of the word, brothers and sisters. Wear the full armor of God. I love you. Have a blessed day. Be encouraged.